Hey, how are you all doing, ladies and gentlemen? I hope you're having a wonderful Friday night, or, well, it could be Saturday morning by this point. We're a little late, but I assure you it was for a very good reason. We had the one and only David Gauthier, one of our camera operators, who had a little problem, okay? His problem was that he had $5,000 to spend from our sponsor, Intel, and he decided to spend it in the most time-consuming way possible. <laughs> he was not content to just, you know, get a gaming rig and a monitor and a new TV like Riley, or to get a massager and an editing station and, so, and a desk like Dennis. No, no, David. <clears throat> needed to upgrade his water-cooled rig with an RTX 3080, and then he needed to build a new rig, a NAS, a network-attached storage device with lots of hard drives and storage that was also water-cooled. So today, I performed maintenance on one water-cooled computer involving installing a new GPU and adding a radiator, and built an entirely scratch-built water-cooled machine for his network-attached storage. Uh, he also changed out his desk, uh, got a TV that needed to be wall-mounted. It was an absolute nightmare, and his, <clears throat> his living room looks like a bomb hit it. I've got some stories that I'm going to upload to YouTube Stories. It is hilarious. Anyway, we have got a great show for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We've actually got a lot of really good topics to talk about, starting, of course, with one of our sponsors declaring bankruptcy, Shadow. The game streaming service has declared bankruptcy. They want to uh, go through a little reorganization to free themselves from the debt that is holding them back. They've got a little transition period going on. We're going to talk about that. In other big news, OVH's data center was destroyed in a fire. This is... This is a very unusual event for something of yes. this magnitude to take place. And can I take a moment and just give a little a little golf clap, okay, to the Floatplane team? Because Floatplane.com no experienced... Problemos. Sorry? No problemos. Yeah, it experienced basically no interruption in spite of the fact that we did have metal in that data center. Pretty sweet, right? What else we got, Luke? Um... Uh, I took the good stuff, hey? Stuff, I'm gonna, you did. I'm gonna decide this is an important topic because I'm actually pretty interested. You're buying stuff at a pretty high bounty, three times the current retail price. A bunch of SSDs, do you have one? Could you make a ton of money and replace with a new drive your current SSD? Mm -hmm. We'll find out more later. Also, uh, Microsoft officially acquires Bethesda. I know we talked about this like a while ago, but yep. it's like, it's legit now. It's actually happening. It's real. It's not like NVIDIA acquiring ARM, where basically the entire industry wants it to not happen and every regulatory body wants it to not happen. Yeah. This is different. This is real. So this we'll talk about that. Happening. And oh crap, I am supposed to have a new intro. Luke, I know we only do four four topics when we when you four teasers. Uh, you gotta you gotta do one more. You gotta do one more while I while I download this. I can do a time transaction for you. I can I can purchase some time. One thing is, a lot of people are saying I am too quiet. Um, so if you want to maybe change that at the same time, I it's don't know. It's fixed. It's nice. done. Heck yeah. Um, do you have a slow CPU? Well, Radeon might be for you. 
We'll talk about that more later, but there is some interesting theories around that that have been tested. Also, is AMD joining the GPU mining craze? Are they potentially taking a different route than NVIDIA did? Yes. Is NVIDIA's route actually working? Oh my, not sure. Apparently I might be too loud now. Well, you know what? I already turned it down. So that's oh. what their delayed reaction is bad. It's the worst. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go, guys. It's it's in. It's in. Hellscape is here. We are doing a new WAN intro today. Uh, hold on. I just got to I just got to uh, uh, get rid of the other one. Uh, see you later. See you later, Swamp. Here comes Hellscape. <laughs> No music. Oh my goodness, I'm wearing a <laughs> oh, so big shout out to Ed. He sent it to me. I didn't catch it. For putting that in there. I, you know what? Uh, a plus, A plus for effort on that one. Uh, we'll get that. Yeah, we'll get that. We'll get that figured out. We'll get the music added to it. Oh, people are saying it's loud. Wait, what? I didn't see it though. Oh, weird. Okay, well, um, alrighty then. I, I didn't see it on my levels. I. I guess I'm okay with it. All right. Why don't we jump into our first topic of the day? For those of you not familiar, Shadow was a game or is, <clears throat> excuse me, because they're, I mean, their their site is still up. Shadow.tech. Here we go. Hold on a second. Display capture. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Website's still up. Um, hey, Honey, it's got some savings in there. Is Honey one of the sponsors of the show today? I think so, actually. There you go. There you go. Last successful coupon. This one right here used an hour ago by a user in Austin, Texas. Got all that, got all that info. All right, anyway, okay, Honey, love you. I'll talk about you later, though. Uh, so Shadow Tech still exists, but small problem. They have apparently declared bankruptcy. So they're not a regular sponsor of the show, but we have worked with them a couple of times. Really cool service. Luke, did you ever did you ever try it, or was this no post post Luke days? So that was post me. Most game streaming services, the way that they work is you are you're logging into some kind of like um, like obfuscated like. Uh, service portal okay so you've got like a game library kind of steam big picture style and you kind of pick the game and it all the magic kind of happens behind the scenes and it loads up what makes shadow different is that you just remote into a gaming computer essentially so their servers are just if i recall correctly they're just these 2u or 1u blades and then they've got like a, a 16 core or so cpu and they slice it up so that you basically get a dedicated GPU in each one of the virtual machines, and it's just passed through. And then you've got like four four CPUs, four cores worth of CPU, and uh, they've got a bunch of different tiers. But the trick is that with a shadow blade, uh, like a shadow game streaming server, you are not actually sharing any of the hardware. So there, it's it's kind of impossible for the service to be overloaded with other users because your hardware is not shared. Now, 
it could be possible for the service to have too many people logged in because you wouldn't necessarily be remoting into exactly the same shadow every single time. So all the storage is done in a completely separate rack and it just like grabs your virtual disk and boots it up on whatever hardware happens to be available at the hardware tier that you specified. So, so theoretically it's possible that they could uh, be that they could have too many people logged in at once. But from my understanding, talking to them, it's not really an issue. And, you know, I would apparently be surprised at what a small percentage of people who use a subscription service like this want to all log in at the same time. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, what's cool is that you, you install whatever games you want. There's no such thing. Like, have you been following how NVIDIA had issues, particularly at the beginning, getting, getting, uh, game developers to allow their games on their games on GeForce yeah. Now. Uh, well, with Shadow, there's no way that any game developer could even know that you are running a Shadow box because you are running on hardware. You are just using the same kind of technology as, uh, you know, Valve in-home streaming, or excuse me, Steam in-home streaming from Valve or um, oh, what's NVIDIA's one called again? The, the one that they introduced with the shield. I, I, can't, I can't keep track of it anymore because there's like GeForce Now and there's GeForce, I don't know, something or other. Um, anyway, the point is it's using the same video hardware video encoding on the remote machine to send the video signal over the internet. And then you send your input devices over your internet connection. And you're basically just looking at a video stream of the, of the gaming rig. So they'd, they'd have no way of knowing that you're in like a... A, a cloud gaming kind of use case here. Anyway, uh, they filed for bankruptcy on March 2nd in France in the following so, day in California. Sort of. Sort of. Um, Blade, the firm behind the cloud computing platform Shadow, has filed for bankruptcy. Shadow themselves are wanting to reorganize to free themselves up from the debt that is holding them back and they plan to transition forward. So I don't suspect that shadow the service is actually necessarily going anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was trying to look into this while you were talking and I noticed that on their Twitter 10 hours ago or 11 hours ago now, um, they have like a live stream talking about new stuff that's coming and new tech and whatnot. I'm like, that's pretty weird for a bankrupt company. So I started looking into it and yeah, I guess they intend to continue operating um, just maybe in a different form. Yeah, it could be a little challenging. So yeah, I, I don't know how to pronounce this. 2CRSI? I don't know. So these guys are the server provider that is <clears throat> claiming back money that is owed by Blade. And what they're saying is that they have the right to take 30.2 million euros worth of hardware from Blade. Now, I would imagine that as much as Shadow Tech's technology is really cool, like it it works shockingly well, even though I was outside of the formal catchment area for it because I'm up in Canada. Uh, so their technology works great. But if Blade, who is backing them, is now filing for bankruptcy and they have server providers trying to take back their hardware, uh, two CRIs, uh, uh, two CRI noted that with the shortage of electronic components and more specifically graphics cards, there has been interest to buy the hardware. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so if I'm a, if I'm a, a creditor, I'm, I want this resolved fast so that I, cause, 
Shadow's running really high-end graphics cards in these setups because that's what you're paying for. Like if we go to if we go to Shadow Tech here, you can get gaming machines with here. Hold on a second. Let's uh, yeah, GeForce GTX 1080 or equivalent. From my understanding, it actually never includes a GTX 1080 because they actually run quadros for better virtualization support. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. It, it really is equivalent. And then four cores, eight threads, 12 gigs RAM. Yeah, and then you can get a Titan RTX or equivalent, which would probably be a, a quadro of some sort, or GeForce RTX 2080 or equivalent. So they actually have like tons of these graphics cards deployed, some of which are probably worth as much as the entire server they're sitting in. Uh, with Well, with the whole uh, shortage and mining craze and everything that's going on right now. And from what we've learned in the last little bit, Alex worked on a really great video this week and last week investigating what the heck is going on with the current silicon shortage worldwide. As far as we can tell, spoiler alert, this is not going to get better for GPUs for like a year. Like another year. So it's going to be freaking rough. Shadow wants to reorganize to free themselves from the debt that's holding them back in the transition period. They will continue to develop their technology and provide the best service to their customers who are the key to long-term success. And um, yeah, I think this is going to be a challenging time for them. But if they make it the transition to being, say, for example, a, a technology solutions provider and then let other other companies come in and be the the actual hardware backbone for it or whatever this looks like, I think there's there's got to be a path to success for Shadow. Um, you know, we've enjoyed working with them. We think they're really smart people and uh, we wish them nothing but the best, but it's definitely going to be a trying time. A rough road, yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, on that note about GPU shortages, Luke, people have been asking, Linus, you said that this week you were going to launch the verified actual gamer program. What the heck ah. happened with that? So there was a bit of a miscommunication. We're not sure uh, where exactly it happened, but um, something, something. Thank you very much, Trump administration. Tariffs on products from China. Um, the Floatplane team thought that someone else was going to deal with it and someone else thought the float plane team was going to deal with it but we have to have a way of assessing those tariffs on american buyers in the cart and that um caused some technical details that are nothing to do with our anti-scalper anti-bot technology totally i think i think that thing. i think that miscommunication was was on on my end well i wasn't going to throw anyone under the bus luke because i think that the bus probably doesn't have good enough shocks to run over a man of your stature. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want a bumpy ride for the people in the bus. Don't want to ruin the bus. Yeah. That would be a problem. I don't want to ruin the bus. That's why I didn't do it, <laughs> out of consideration for the people in the bus. <laughs> yeah, good, good. <laughs> yeah. The wheels on the bus go over top of Luke. Over top of Luke. <laughs> um, anyway, a thing happened next week. All right. Yes. But for realsies yeah. this time, we've we've got it sorted out now, right? Uh, uh, yeah. There's there's a solution. It it's not a thousand percent perfect. Mm -hmm. but yeah, a thousand percent not a thing. Is, it is manageable, and I I I think with the system <laughs> that we're working with, I don't think it's really possible to make it a thousand percent perfect at this time. A thousand percent. Can you stop that? A thousand percent perfect. You're triggering me. <laughs> Triggered, triggered. 
<laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So we're gonna do the shake. We're in pretty good shape, but we're not there just yet. Fortunately, where we are there is lots of great more topics to talk at you guys about. Why don't you run us through the Microsoft Bethesda acquisition being complete? I mean, as a gamer, do you think Microsoft has been in a seriously disadvantaged position compared to Sony in terms of exclusives? And perhaps more importantly, does this solve the problem? Is this it? Silver bullet. Done. I, I, I think they absolutely have been in the past. Um, and, and I don't 100% know if this will completely solve the problem because I think a lot of exclusives are very important around console launches. Yep. So it, it depends on how the, the timing of these things are going to happen. They made this acquisition now. Maybe they're, they're kind of trying to cook this for the next console launch. Um, although if there, if there are exclusives coming in, in, in the form of... Oh my goodness, Elder Scrolls Six, and what is the other one? Starfield, something like that. Um, that would definitely sell some Xboxes because those are going to be gigantic games, no matter no matter what you think. Even uh, Fallout seventy six was an atrocious failure, and it's not going to matter if they come out with the sequel to Skyrim. That's that's like <laughs> like yeah, it's it's going to be kind of irrelevant. Um, tons of people are going to buy Elder Scrolls Six. It just it's also we have heard rumors. Um, that Elder Scrolls 6 itself is extremely far out, so that could even potentially be a next console situation um, or a console refresh situation. I was going to uh, say, because I, I I've been making notes, stuff I want to ask you about. Will there ever be a next-gen Xbox? We'll talk about that after. Yeah. Because that's yeah. a whole separate discussion. Um, but yeah, this is this is huge because it's not like... Some people know Bethesda for... Elder Scrolls. Like, like one that maybe... Yeah, maybe Elder Scrolls or maybe fallout or maybe both or yeah or maybe doom i mean well there's um, there's elder scrolls and then there's elder scrolls in a dystopian future like come on yeah yeah or there's elder scrolls but but online persistent universe um <laughs> so there, yeah there, it's a bunch of studios it's alpha dog games which makes wraithborn it's arcane studios which makes dishonored which we could see a dishonored three i think it would be um bethesda game studios which is what you're probably most familiar with which is elder scrolls fallout um, etc. Uh, id Software, which is Doom, Machine Games, which is Wolfenstein, Roundhouse Studios, which is a new studio with no announced projects currently, so maybe we'll see something down the line, Zenimax Online Media, which is Elder Scrolls Online, and Tango Gameworks, which is The Evil Within. So it's a ton of different IPs, yeah. and that is a thousand percent what Microsoft was going for. Um, it's been interesting looking at some of the interviews and stuff so far. Um, because our old friend Todd Howard has has very much openly accepted at this point in time that the launch that he said, if I remember correctly, the quote was the launch of Fallout seventy six like couldn't have gone any worse, or <laughs> or there there like wasn't more things that we could have gotten wrong, or, or something along those lines. I don't remember what the exact quote is, um, but he's he's openly accepting that, which is good, um, and they're saying that Microsoft Tech may have actually helped them with that, which is probably actually true um so it's interesting there's notes in here saying that microsoft is acting a lot like disney gobbling up intellectual property yeah um, i agree with that i just hope that they continue uh to not star wars anything that they purchase that would be great so microsoft i i would very much appreciate if you don't do that 
In Please terms of do. sheer numbers, this is crazy. This brings Microsoft to 23 first-party studios, where by comparison, Sony has 13 first-party studios and Nintendo has 11 production groups, but then many other outside studios as well. That is, that is kind of crazy. I mean, is there going to be anything left of, you know, independent game development houses? I mean, at what point? Because EA, yeah, really big company compared to Microsoft, like get real. And yeah. I mean, at what point does you know, EA get eaten up? At what point does Activision Blizzard get nommed up? I, EA I, would be extremely expensive oh, unless, yeah, you, well, for sure. unless you parted it out because like the, the EA sports section, literally just FIFA it would be it's so much a billion dollar business. Yeah. Yeah. Good old but FIFA. Like, you, you might be able to take other properties off of them, um, which which could be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, this is this is this is spicy. There's there's been a a consistent rumor that's there's going to be a big press conference. Um, I I'm rather certain that hasn't happened, but I haven't been following it super closely. And we suspect there's going to be news about um, is it Starfield? It is Starfield, right? Yeah, we suspect there's going to be news about Starfield and um how different exclusives are going to work moving forward and all this other kind of stuff at yeah. that event um whatever that event looks like in the time of covid which will probably just be an online stream phil spencer's uh, quote here sounds pretty ominous uh, so i mean he's basically trying to finally clear up the big question about the acquisition what does this mean in terms of platform exclusivity for bethesda games so here's the quote if you're an xbox customer Okay, so he's already not talking to anyone who's not an Xbox customer. We're off to a good start. <laughs> the thing I want you to know is that this is about delivering great exclusive games for you, not for other people, <laughs> that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. Well, okay then. That's, that's our like goal. not even that's like beyond ominous. That's just like telling you how it is. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> our goal. That's why we're doing this. That's the root of this partnership that we're building. Okay. We want exclusives. We just bought a bunch of exclusives. <laughs> and we're going to put them on Game Pass. Heck so either yeah. Sony can support Game Pass or Sony can go f*** themselves. <laughs> yep. All yep. right, then. Neat. Now, any contractual obligations that Bethesda had already uh, tied themselves into, obviously, those will be honored. But beyond that, it looks like this is basically going to be uh, the Bethesda on Microsoft and only Microsoft show. I mean, PC gamers are probably going to be in pretty good shape here because back to your comment about, you know, maybe the timing of this is so that they can line up great exclusives for the next Xbox. I, I, I think that's a really interesting conversation, whether there will actually ever be another Xbox. I yeah. think it's over. I think that's what the series name means. Xbox is a series of game consoles with varying capabilities. I think that's what Microsoft is testing the water with, with such wildly different capabilities between the Xbox Series S and the Xbox Series X. Sony went the traditional way. They appeased game developers by having two different price points, but differentiating them only in terms of their support for physical media. Like, 
Sony decided, no, a PlayStation 5 is a PlayStation 5. Microsoft said, hey, game developers, guess what? We're going to have one truly next generation console experience. And oh, by the way, we're going to have this thing that's like moderately more powerful than last gen. And you're going to have to optimize your game to run for it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to sell on Xbox at all. So good luck with that. I think that's a sign of things to come. I think we could see Xbox Series X2 or Series Z or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's Microsoft, so the naming will be terrible and it'll make no sense whatsoever. But I, I mean, I think they're just going to treat it like Windows. Xbox is a platform now. And so these games will just come out and they'll just be on Xbox. And then at some point, you'll just be able to run Xbox as like a, as a, as a dashboard on your Windows computer. And game developers are basically going to be forced to support this ever increasingly diverse set of hardware to the point where it's barely even a console anymore. But that's just that's just me being all tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. Yeah, no, I think I think we're going in that direction. I, I don't necessarily know if that's going to happen with the with the next generation. Um, like, I don't know if we're there now. We definitely could be. I think your point about the name makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I, I think there will be. I think there will still be bumps. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think you're going to like upgrade your Xbox. Like, I think it's going to be no. a new box that you go to the store and you buy. And I think it's going to come. Uh, what, the, the, what, the main thing that might make me suspect that is I, I bet you they would start releasing them a little bit more often. But what I also think they're going to do is I think they're going to continue support for past Xboxes for much longer. So in the old days, a new Xbox or a new PlayStation launched. And it's not like when the PlayStation 3 launched, you could like update your PlayStation 2 with the new, the new redesigned menu. Like that wasn't a thing. PlayStation 3 navigation is PlayStation 3 system navigation and PS2 system navigation is PS2 system navigation. That's it. It's that simple. So what I think we might see is kind of like the iPhone where Apple has made an extremely lucrative business out of supporting their devices for much longer and then taking their 30% cut off the App Store, right? So Microsoft is playing that exact same game. They want Xboxes staying in people's living rooms for as long as humanly possible. And I don't think they care what kind it is because at yeah. the end of the day, the difference between a $300 Xbox and a $500 Xbox is sort of trivial to a company at Microsoft's size. Like $200, please. They don't care about your $200. No, 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 no. They want Game Pass, right? What's Game Pass cost now? Monthly US. Here, hold on a second. I'm trying to remember. I don't actually subscribe to it. So here, we're going to go. We're going to look at Ultimate. Oh, for crying out loud. Can you just see all plans? Here we go. Ultimate all right. is $17 bucks a month. PC is $12 bucks a That's month. Console is $12 bucks a month. That's in Canada, though. So it's probably like oh. 8 to 12 or whatever that works out to in Freedom Dollars. So, okay. So $200? Yeah, right. No, no. They want you to run your Xbox for the next 5 to 10 years, and they want your, let's say, $10 a month. Okay, $10 a month times 60 months for 5 years. Oh, that's $600. Yeah. Yep, that's that's definitely that's definitely the game plan. They've made this very clear. They've made it clear that they don't even consider Sony a competitor in the same space anymore. With that said, I I think for them to have spoken that way about Sony was um a little bit uh hmm. I think that was overly 
confident. Because if anyone has proven that you can make a business out of doing gaming differently, it's Nintendo. And now that that is definitely proven, uh, there is absolutely no reason why Sony couldn't continue to innovate. I mean, they've done stuff in the past that even though not yeah. that commercially successful is at least now agreed was amazing. Like the, like the PS Vita, for example. Like... How many of you would love to see Sony revisit the Vita? Come on, let me know. I mean, a, a proper Switch competitor? Yeah. I mean, the Switch was wildly successful. And the crazy thing about the Switch, uh, hold on. The crazy thing about the Switch is that it wasn't even that innovative of an idea. Nintendo launched the Shield way before, like, the Switch was probably even a twinkle in, in uh, Nintendo's eye. Like... Uh, hold on a second. Improve uh, spam prevention. Create poll. Okay, I got a poll for you guys. I got a poll, so we're gonna hit uh, we're gonna hit float plane first. Here we go. Bum, bum, bum. Straw poll. Straw poll. Uh, let's hit Twitch next. Everyone in Twitch and float plane chat is talking about the PSP too, right? Exactly. Okay, man. YouTube chat like, is moving so thing, fast. Like... It's not even gonna work. Someone who can absolutely move new consoles is Nintendo because they'll they'll change it up. Like when the last time they released an even remotely what I'd consider standard console would have been uh, the GameCube, right? Um, I mean, hmm. I was gonna say the Wii U, but it did have the, the game on the thing. controller gimmick. I would say that because no one cared about that, I liked it. Fundamentally, it why was, not count as a person? Oh, you count as a person. You just count as one whose opinion doesn't matter. Wow. Oh, apparently the yeah. results are broken. Oh, rip straw pull. Okay, well that controller was actually amazing. Just no one really like used it. I it blows my mind still that there were like tech savvy people who didn't realize that the Wii U was a next generation console and thought it was like a Wii expansion kit or something like that. that the Wii is U is actually one of my I, I probably played the Wii U more than I played the Switch. I actually really liked Wii U. Um it just yeah like when I invited my friends over to play, literally not one of them knew it was a new console. They thought it was just a new controller for the Wii. Like the marketing around that was yeah. just the actual worst. Of, of any gaming marketing in like the last 20 years. I don't even understand why they called it that. I mean, calling it Wii in the so first place stupid. was terrible. And then they had to go and name the next one Wii U. I mean, maybe it's just one of those things that didn't translate, but then it was, uh, it bombed everywhere. So I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What yeah, I do yeah. know is I got to tell you about our sponsor for the show. Why don't we start with Honey since uh, we already kind of talked about them a little bit earlier on the show. Honey is the free shopping tool that finds the best promo codes whenever you shop online at specific sites. You guys saw it pop up when I was trying to subscribe to Shadow Tech earlier on the show. It was like, hey, this promo code was used an hour ago and has a very high probability of working. That's what Honey does. It pops up and says, hey, don't waste your money. Make sure you are getting the best possible deal. They've even got other great features like their price history tracker that works on Amazon for sure and probably other places. So you can see like, oh yeah, this is discounted $10, but 
It looks like they actually jacked up the price by 20. Normally it's cheaper. I'm gonna just wait and make an educated buying decision. Those of you who have downloaded Honey from our link have saved more than 100 Gs over the last few months, and Honey works on over 30,000 stores, including Amazon, eBay, Newegg, Razor, Ball, Best Buy, Walmart, and more. It's free to use and installs in just two clicks, so get it for free. Join Honey.com Linus and start saving money. The show is also brought to you by Backblaze. That's right, Backblaze. Unfortunate name for a safe backup service now that there was that incident at OVH this week. But that's okay. Backblaze did not light on fire, and they are definitely a safe place to put your data. They've got unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs for just $6 a month. They've restored over 35 billion files, and you can back up anything you want. Docs, music, photos, videos, drawings, projects, all the data, and restore it from anywhere. You can grab it on your phone with their app. You can directly download it on the web, or you can even restore by mail if it's too much data and you don't have a fast internet connection. They will FedEx you a hard drive overnight. You copy everything off it, you send the drive back, you get a refund on the drive. Boy, is that ever a lot better than paying for data recovery in the event of a drive failure or a fire or whatever the case may be. So don't wait. Go to backblaze.com slash WAN, get a 15-day free trial to play around with it, and start protecting yourself from bad times today. The show is also brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks, whether you're a small-time you know, contractor or you run a dance studio in your garage or you're a YouTuber, if you are a small business owner, FreshBooks is made for you. They allow you to handle all your invoicing and accounting, and they make it easy. Average users save 46 hours a month, according to FreshBooks, get paid up to 18 days faster, and increase their ROI by 11 times. That's because you can spend less time fussing about with complicated accounting software and more time managing and running your business, like doing actual work that makes you money. Over 3,000 business owners have rated an average of four and a half out of five stars on GetApp, and it's super easy to get up and running thanks to their award-winning customer support. So try out FreshBooks for free for 30 days. No credit card required at freshbooks.com slash WAN. Don't forget to enter WAN in the how did you hear about us section. Oops, I got to fix that at some point, the fact that the, my face moves when I go to the sponsor spots. What's our next topic, Luke? Run us through it. Let's go. Oh, crap, I lied. Um, Sorry, I got one more thing. Uh, Jono added an extra, an extra sponsor spot. Channel Super Fun. We're looking for a writer slash producer, someone who can help us build it and take Channel Super Fun to the next level. You need to have experience in storyboarding ideas, scouting locations, and organizing production at shoots. Check out the full details at the link in the video description. Sorry about that. Okay, Luke, go ahead. What are we doing? Slow CPU, Radeon is actually probably for you. This is actually kind of interesting. An investigation by Hardware Unboxed has revealed a startling correlation uh, that may inform your next GPU purchase. Radeon GPUs run better on slower CPUs by up to 20%. 20%. NVIDIA drivers seem to have a much higher CPU overhead than AMDs at 1080p and even 1440p. Resulting in a situation where an RTX 3090 gets lower frame rates than a lowly Radeon uh, 5600 XT or 5700 XT, which is bonkers. That's crazy. This extends even to more modern mid-range CPUs like the Ryzen 5 3600X, where an upgrade from a 5700 XT to an RTX 3070 can lose frames. Interesting. Dang. 
This isn't limited to just Ampere. The same thing happens with the RTX 2080 Ti as well. CPU utilization with a core i3 10,100 oh, measured right? roughly 10 to 20% higher with an RTX 3070 versus an RX 6800. Other CPUs tested include, uh, these are all Ryzen 5s, so 1600X, 2600X, 3600X, and 5600X. The 5600X is fast enough to avoid the bottlenecks, but will still occur in heavily CPU limited scenarios. So look forward uh, to that as it ages. Now, I'm not going to defend, I'm not going to defend like software that causes more CPU utilization. That's, that's a drag. Nobody wants to see that. But I do want to jump in for a moment and point out that this is not in all games. So, it, I, I mean, there are some pretty significant games in the list. Watch Dogs Legion, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Rainbow Six Siege, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Cyberpunk 2077, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and there are more. But something I would like to point out is that most people running an RTX uh, 3090, for example, are not running a Core i3, or for that matter, even a Ryzen 5. So is this a problem? Yes. But is it a surprise that it took us so long to notice this problem? No. Not really, because whether you're a reviewer like us um, or whether you're a user at home, the odds of you pairing these very low-end CPUs with these very high-end GPUs are pretty slim, especially because you can get a very performant, I mean, even for the last few years, you've been able to get a very high performance CPU for less than the cost, like like half the cost of a top tier GPU anyway. So most people were just maxing out their CPUs in the first place anyway. But are there any patterns that we can look for in the data that Hardware Unbox found? You're asking me if there's patterns? Yeah, and then I'm highlighting the thing so that you'll talk about uh, it. Yes. Sorry, I'm trying to deal with something else at the same time. The issue oh, appears uh... to be common to CPU limited DirectX 12 games, CPU limited Vulkan games, sorry, um, all DX11 games as well, seemingly regardless of CPU load. So basically uh, everything remotely modern. Games affected include everything, but in this list specifically, Watch Dogs Legion, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Cyberpunk 2077, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I already talked about that. All right. <laughs> uh, this turns the conventional wisdom that AMD's drivers are poorly optimized on its head, sort of. I don't know if the conventional wisdom was, strictly speaking, that AMD's drivers were poorly optimized, uh, but that they were bad. Um, bad doesn't necessarily mean poorly optimized. It could mean that they crash. It could mean that they uh, have incompatibilities or visual anomalies or whatever else. It could mean any number of things. The the, gen the conventional wisdom has been that AMD's GPU drivers are inferior to NVIDIA's in terms of delivering a consistently um, high performance and functional experience. One of the other things that has made that story a little bit murkier is that there's more to a GPU driver now than just does it render the game on the screen? I mean, now you've got features like, yeah. you know, really, does does NVIDIA have anything that matters to you and me nearly as much as uh, their NVENC encoder and Shadowplay? Like, that's the, man, that is such a big one for me. Yeah, and NVENC encoder and Shadow, I, I was going to say Shadowplay when you said matters to you and me, but the yeah. NVENC encoder is a really good point as well. Those two are are killer. The rest of it, 
Uh, I find the game like, optimization cool. stuff incredibly annoying, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I ignore. I totally ignore that stuff. I just turn it off. RTX Voice Super. is pretty cool, but I had some issues with it, and so I kind of stopped using it. And like, I have a like a pretty near field microphone anyway, so it's not like it's a major concern for me. So much software has that kind of functionality built in that's like good enough. Like if I if for whatever reason I needed to I needed to stream the game stream from a construction site. I'd probably spend the 10 minutes like setting up RTX voice and getting it working. But beyond that, it's not a huge life changer for me because I would think that most people who stream regularly enough to, you know, really dial in their streaming setups um, probably just can manage to, you know, put a big blanket on the door if they have a loud neighbor or whatever else. Like there's other mitigation strategies that are more permanent that you can put in place. Anthony has a note here that says, do I need to start benchmarking GPUs with multiple CPUs? Now, Anthony, the answer is no. As a general rule, when we're looking to evaluate a graphics card at launch, we're looking for its best case scenario because that's what's going to inform people's purchasing decisions, not just today, but a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, when they're trying to piece together you know, how that GPU fits in against modern cards because they're looking at it in the secondhand market. And... Even, this could also yeah. maybe be like something you could do every once in a blue moon where you go like, how how bottlenecked are you getting with different Absolutely. setups? Absolutely. And then you do a specific video about like weird setups and seeing how they bottleneck. And then you move on because people shouldn't be running into those situations anyways. <laughs> something it could cause us to change is which CPU we use for our single mm -hmm. CPU that we choose for benchmarking. So maybe for something like a $250 card or a $299 card, well, maybe in those situations we stop using a top-tier CPU or we use a last-gen top-tier CPU or something along those lines because we do want to give people, you know, representative data, but absolutely not. I mean, if we're looking at, you know, an RTX 4090, for example, you know, a next-gen top-of-the-line flagship card, we will absolutely be putting the fastest CPU possible because we want to know how fast it goes. We don't want to fix one problem, which is that we're ignoring driver optimization differences, only to introduce another problem where we are bottlenecking the bloody graphics card and not giving a good representation of what its performance would be in the real world because most people do not buy a high-end GPU and run it on a Ryzen 5 1600X, especially if they're running Ryzen because AMD provides such ample upgrade opportunities for that platform. Update your BIOS, ladies and gentlemen. Get a new CPU in there. That's the way to go. That's the AMD way. It's cool. It's interesting. I you like know, stuff like this. You know what else is cool? What? Manufacturers quietly swapping out the hardware in their products to something that performs ah. worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty yes. cool stuff. So a this is actually super interesting. A-Data's XPG SX8200 SSD. If you have one of those, it is now time to rip it out of your system and sell it to me. We need <laughs> five unique variants of this SSD to benchmark them against each other and find out whether A-Data did their due diligence and did a good job of revising their 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 uh, the parts that they're using or whether they their customers by advertising a certain level of performance and delivering something else entirely. 
Spoiler alert, it's probably the latter. AMD, A-Data has not been forward about the revisions they've made to this uh, SX8200 Pro over time. So we actually currently don't know if there are more variants of the drive that exist than the ones that we know about. So here's what we definitely know exists. Uh, variant A, which is likely the release variant or the binned review sample variant, uses the SM2262EN controller with Intel, Intel Micron, so IMFT 64 layer TLC NAND. Variant B uses the same controller, but with Micron 96 layer NAND. Variant C uses a different controller, so a 2262G instead of a 2262EN and Samsung 64-layer TLC NAND. D uses that same controller with Micron 96-layer TLC NAND. And then variant E, which was first spotted actually last month by Reddit user Svarch Impans, uses a different controller, with, or the same controller with SK Hynix TLC NAND. Now this drive currently retails for 120 US dollars, but if you have, if you're the first to reach out with a verifiably unique iteration of the drive, I will pay triple that. I will buy your drive for 360 US dollars so that we can do our investigation. When you're contacting us, uh, it's gonna be via linusmediagroup.com slash contact us. So you'll have to go on the linusmediagroup.com website. When you're contacting us, include a screenshot of the Flash ID programs window the date or a rough time frame of when you ordered the drive and type out the flash slash controller specs of your drive. This info is absolutely necessary. Oh, uh, Anthony adds, oh yeah, don't forget about the SX8100 that went from TLC to QLC. Lol, way to go, A-Data. By the way, that's not the one we want. We want the SX8200. Yeah, yeah. Like, come I'm really on. excited for that video. We, we've been talking about this for a long time, and it's a data. I just want to be very clear: is not the only group that has done this. This, to me at least, is the most extensive I've ever heard of. But that's <laughs> but the whole thing. Nobody hears about it. Yeah. How are you supposed to know? It's not like you and your friend. It's you know, it's not like a True. penis. You know, you don't whip them out and compare with your friends. <laughs> Every day, yeah. Every day, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it's basically so, yeah, like it's, handshaking it's... in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people just... don't know that about Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is actually quite common in the in the SSD space. I and yeah, you don't hear about it too often, but I don't think it usually goes this far. So I'm pretty interested to see what the results of this are. All right, we got a couple more pretty good topics for today. I do want to talk about the OVH data center that was destroyed in a fire. This was not a little fire. This was yeah. a big fire. One of OVH's data centers in its Strasbourg campus, SBG2, was completely destroyed in a fire. You know it's a big night. fire when one of the one of the first uh, like conclusionary statements that are made about it is that they are very happy that no firefighters were injured. And, and yeah. there was actually, uh, there, there was 100 firefighters and 43 trucks um, that got assigned to control the fire. It was crazy. And this is like, they, there was also some pictures of the fire suppression equipment that they had on site and all this kind of stuff. And it's not like they didn't have anything. Like this, this was a absolutely bonkers fire. There was no injuries, no casualties, which is good. The fire spread to SBG1 and destroyed four of its rooms out of wow. 12 in total. SBG3 and 4 uh, were completely unaffected. SBG2 was completely destroyed. So um, uh, just, this building oh. right here, 
and it's gone. And a boat, apparently. I didn't know about that. That's, I mean, it's sad for the person who owns the boat, but it's kind of funny. Um, that's, that's, a, that's something. <laughs> uh, because OVH's servers are typically unmanaged. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're unmanaged servers. Yeah. So a significant amount of data is likely permanently why gone. Don't, if why don't you talk through that, that with us, Luke? What is an unmanaged server? Uh, well, OVH isn't doing anything for you. So if, if there's going to be backups, if there's management of the server in any way, you are doing it, which is desirable for a lot of people, but not desirable for everyone. If you were using something like AWS and they had an issue at one of their data centers, you can kind of sit back and shrug and not worry about it. If you're yeah. using something like OVH and there's an issue at one of their data centers, you probably need to pay attention because there yeah. might be things you need to do, or yeah. hopefully you already did things ahead of time, which are going to solve whatever problems just happened. So what are um, some of the mitigations you could have, like manually rerouting from that data center to another one when you realize there's a problem or like, like talk through. So, you know, just, just saying, just saying, you know, float plane experience, totally no downtime whatsoever. I noticed you're wearing the shirt, you know, got, got, yep. the, got that yep. float plane shirt, yep. float plane experience, no downtime. What did we do? Yeah, I mean, you can have you can have containerized systems, so they're they're very used to and very good at um, kind of killing themselves and respawning elsewhere. Usually not with um, fire, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually it's a little bit more software based uh, than than literal fire and flames. But um, yeah, they they can they can kill themselves, pop up elsewhere, and be agile in that way. Um, you can have you can manually re reroute things. You can have systems in place that that automatically reroute things based on problems. Um, there's a lot of resiliency things that you can do. A lot of different ways that you can approach it, and a lot of it's going to be based on your tech stack and the various things that you use within it. Um, this is this is kind of part of the idea of of what a lot of people look for in cloud-based systems like AWS. Is they're often a little bit more by like there's configuration and stuff that goes into it. A lot of people specialize in AWS management, um, but it's built for this type of thing from the ground up. It, right. sh it should be able to withstand these types of problems. It should be able to scale and downscale. And one of the nice things about being able to scale and downscale is by losing a bunch of things, it's very similar to those processes. So if you're built for that, it should be able to happen fairly easily. Um, so yeah, make sure your things are backed up, even if they're in a, rather secure and with really good fire suppression remote server in a data center. You so, still need to make sure it's backed up. You still need to make sure it's off site and you go back to those, those three rules of, of storage, try to have it in three different forms and in three different places. And, um, you know, even going off continent is often a good idea. Yeah. So, it's never a bad idea. So the forum yeah. did not have a really good backup, but fortunately it was not hosted in that particular data center. And the forum now has a copy um, that's encrypted on a server at LMGHQ. So uh, don't worry, your rep on the forum is safe. <laughs> your post count is okay. Yeah, we got you, fam. Uh, so that was something that uh, Jake, Jake, I don't think has written an LTT video in the last two weeks. He's been busy setting up the lounge, working on the security system, getting the backup in place for the forum. He's actually done like a crap ton of not not video stuff but it's all very very important forums the forum is so important to me considering how little in time i actually dedicate to it it really does mean a lot to me because i treat it like like a like a you know an, an untainted space there's there's like basically no ads there's no algorithm there's no upvoting there's just good old fashioned 
tech discussion. And we, other than making sure that people abide by our rules, which can be summed up as don't be a dick and be excellent to each other. Um, other than that, we basically just let people talk tech to their heart's content without a politicized agenda. People can criticize us. We don't care about that as long as they don't insult each other. Um, so yeah, I'm really glad the forums. I think it's a, a good place that we built on good legs. But um, yeah, speaking of websites that could have potentially gone down, 3.6 million websites across uh, 464,000 domains went down as a result of that event, which is bonkers. Um, and it says OVH has stated it will likely take at least two weeks to recover infrastructure. I saw that elsewhere as well. I expected. Uh, yeah way longer that's impressive um, i'm like, floored damn ovh they, yeah i if they pull that off which i mean this is not the first time i've seen them quote that i wow yeah. um good job um but, yeah, in soviet russia internet throttles you <laughs> kentik observed that russia made an attempt to throttle twitter and ended up throttling their entire internet instead yeah. Um, this was caused by a poorly crafted substring in a block list slash network shaping tool by the Roskomnadorzor Bureau. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. So the plan was to slow down Twitter's link shortening service, t.co, which monitors the types and quality of links its users share. Russia has fought against Twitter for failure to remove illegal content in Russia, like posts encouraging children to join Russian opposition protests. Apparently, Russia blocked domains containing the string t.co instead of blocking the domain t.co. <gasps> so any domain that ended in a t.co or co.uk or .com was throttled. <laughs> now, there's no way to validate this without access to their traffic filtering service, but it's just a reasonable explanation. That what, what major websites can you think? Reddit came to mind right away. Yeah. Ends with a t and then .com. But there's, there's um... probably quite a few more. Yeah, Microsoft.com, like, <laughs> yeah, anything soft.com, right? Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a little awkward. There's got to be quite a few. Anyways, uh, NFTs confuse and scare me, and I think it's a lot of drug money. Let's move on. Uh, okay, Luke, Luke, tell me something. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. If I sold the Linus Selfie meme face as an NFT, would you consider buying it? <laughs> uh, I, I, it would be yours forever. You could own a meme. So what? I, <laughs> I, I, I can have a digital copy of that meme at any time. Yeah, I wouldn't and buy it. It looks either. exactly the same. I'm tempted I, to I sell it. Know. I'm tempted to sell it just to You see. should do it for the meme. Yeah, why yeah. not? Well, am I allowed to post it anymore, though? Like, that's what I don't understand. I have not looked into it. I just haven't I haven't really looked cared. into this enough either. Yeah. I just One thing that I know is almost everything sells for a meme dollar amount. Have you noticed that? No. Like, this news article right now is talking about how a work from a digital artist named Beeple sold for $69 million. Wow, surprising. You see other stuff that sells for like, oh, every single numerical value in the dollar value is a six, or it's all rotating, six, nine, six, nine, six, nine, six, nine. And it's just like, 
oh my God. Then you look into what art trading has been majorly used for in the right. world so far. And you're like, hmm, I wonder what people are going to be really interested in trading extremely high value art in an untrackable way online. Hmm, <laughs> I wonder mm. what this is for. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. Jacob Stam says, I would actually buy that. So there there you go. People are like yeah, NFT I'm is sure, just I'm shady. sure you'd be able to sell it. I don't necessarily know how much, but I'm sure you'd be able to sell yeah, it. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Honestly, I'm going to tell you guys. I'm going to be completely transparent with you. If I did it, it would not be because I believe in NFTs. It would be because I'm trying to make a quick buck on a stupid fad. There you go. There you go. Yep. So if I do it, you can you can point to this moment where I where I said that's why I'm doing it. And I'm never I'm never going to lie to you guys about that. If I did it, it would be to make a quick buck on a stupid fad. Um do I think that it is actually a fad? I have no idea. I mean, it could it could be around forever. So. I mean, if the people thought Pokémon was a fad when I was a kid, uh, how'd that turn Still out for you? Going strong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this will be around forever. I don't necessarily know in what form, but there's there's too much money in it and it's too legitimate of a looking, it, it looks very legitimate and you're able to move monstrous amounts of money around, which is exactly the same reason why extremely high value art trade is the way that it is. And I think it's exactly the same reason why this will be the way that it is. And it will just keep going and keep going and keep going. X we geek says I support this reason. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, people want a stonks update. All right, I got a I got an update for you, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on, I gotta check. I gotta check my portfolio. Okay. Got a lot. Oh no. Okay. I would log into my banking app, but it's uh, I'd have to enter my password, and it takes a little while. So I'm just gonna use my like cheap and cheerful like quick quick app here. So my whole my holdings my holdings tab. I'm up. I'm up, Luke. You're up? On my meme stocks. Uh, so my original what? my original purchase was uh, 49,455 US dollars and 12 cents. And I am now at, wait, no, I'm down. Well, whatever. I'm only down like 500 bucks. So that's pretty good compared to being down $25,000, which is where I was at a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> So, I mean, really, the 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 whole the whole point of that was everyone's like, sell, sell, take your money back, sell, sell. Okay, here's the problem though, guys, because my wife has told me, my wife's told me she's been like, you need to sell this thing. I've been up as much as like three or four grand on on the on the whole thing, uh, and she's like, okay, can you please just sell this thing? This is ridiculous. But the problem is, it's not all my money. Like the way that I see it, yes, when you super chat something, it's my money. It's that simple. I own it. But I told you guys that I was going to buy GME and we were either going to the moon or into the ground. I mean, we're not at the moon yet. And we're clearly not at the ground. So I think I just, I think I just have to hold. I think I just have to have those diamond hands. What choice do I stock. have, Luke? I think he likes the stock, guys. I, maybe I just like the stock. Yeah. You know? Yeah. To be clear, none of this is financial advice. I'm just a smooth brain ape. I just <laughs> I just like the stock, okay? <laughs> That's it. Simple. Hoddle. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know, guys. Honestly, you know, part of yeah, sure, part of me is like, yeah, it sure would be nice to have had some fun with this meme and just like not 
um, you know, not lose a bunch of money. But, you know, let's let's think about it. Realistically, I'm I am one of those people that has benefited more than lost due to covid. So maybe this is just a way of redistributing some money to some people who are desperate because lots of the people getting in and buying GME are retail investors who might not actually be on, you know, great financial footing. So if they take it, I ultimately don't really care. There you go. Who cares? I'm, I, I can handle it. You guys already helped subsidize this endeavor and I already didn't put the entire 50K in GameStop. Some of you called me on that. I put 10 in AMC and I put 10 in some other stock that uh, Wall Street Bets was talking about that actually ended up not really being a meme stock. That one, that one is up from what I bought. I bought at 99.95 and I'm at 11.637. So that one's up substantially, oh, wow. uh, like 16% yeah. over, the, over the time that I've had it. Um, so you know what? I'm just we're 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 just we're going for it. We're going for it. Everyone's like sell now, sell now, sell now. I don't know if the wife makes okay. So Luke, you know about this already. There's a major life move that yes. uh, yeah. we've been thinking about that I may need every penny for. If we go ahead with that, I may sell, but it wouldn't be because I don't like the stock. It would be because I actually just need it. Um, because it would be a significant uh, upfront payment for something that could be uh, very meaningful for Linus Media Group moving forward. So I think you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. All right. We got one last topic for you, ladies and gentlemen. Is AMD joining the GPU mining craze? I mean, you mean joining it more? Yeah, um, what, what is it? yeah. I noticed that in the title as well. It's like... <laughs> They were absolutely a part of, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Pack um, notes and AMD's AMD GPU Linux driver for the upcoming 5.12 kernel include mention of a new NV12 SKU. So this is referring to Navi 12 and apparently is without the video core next component that enables video output. So this could be a uh, GPU mining only GPU. Can I just express again that whether it's NVIDIA or AMD, um, mining only GPUs are e-waste. They are trash. Yeah. Um, please stop. Yes. However, both of these parts seem to be previous gen that could have been supposedly in production for Apple that maybe Apple doesn't need anymore now that they're using their own GPUs. So we don't know what AMD's strategy is going to look like here. Maybe these would have been junk anyway. I certainly would have rather they were gamer junk. Just put the video outputs on them and let whoever wants them decide what they're worth. Um, it's unclear whether AMD will add hash rate caps to their Radeons. That's something that's really frustrating for me too, because why not let gamers mine at night and like recoup some of their cost? Like, come on. Um, yeah. So we'll have to wait a bit longer to, to see, you know, whether NVIDIA experiences any more PR fallout from the move. Uh, if that's the case, maybe AMD will feel safe following them. Or maybe they'll just go for it anyway, because mining is uh, good money. And we've said this time and time again. People have this image of AMD like they're some kind of white knight, you know, scrappy underdog. And they've certainly been scrappy. They've certainly been an underdog. But don't imagine for a second that they are anything other than a publicly traded company whose entire purpose, entire raison d'etre, is to make money. Has to be. That's all there is to it, I'm afraid. Yep. 
So that's it for the show. I guess we should do a few super chats here so that the people who sent money for that might feel like they got something out of it. Personally, I don't really understand what they get out of it, but hey, there you go. Uh, Robert well, Mayo. Robert Mail asks, are you even, are you broke on GME? Are you still hodling? Oh yeah, okay, so we, we addressed that. Uh, human, human? Well, uh, with no in-person LTX this year, how about a virtual one? We, uh, we tried. We tried to come up with a plan that would be virtual, but still be LTX, and it wasn't. It just wasn't LTX enough. So we were not, we decided not to do it. We didn't want to dilute people's understanding of what LTX is uh, by doing something that we didn't feel was LTX enough. So 2022, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I, I stand, I, I would I would also stand by that decision, although it had literally nothing to do with me whatsoever at all. But maybe if if this is still going on, which I don't think it will be, but if it is, you could do like LTO, like call it something different. We Minus thought about that too. Um, yeah. We were, we were going to call it, uh, what were we going to call it? LTX, but like LTEX or something like that. Like there was like, and I forget what it stood for. Um, I, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, Didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing it. We do have something really special coming. Should I just spill the beans on this? We have an upcoming collab with, oh Lordy, who all is in? I know I Justine is in, MKBHD is in, Snazzy Labs is in. Um, uh, Brett from UFD Tech is in, Kyle's in, nice. Paul, I think, is in. It is nice. going to be, we don't want to get sued by Jeopardy, so it's going to be called Tech Trivia Answered in the Form of a Question. Those guys, to my knowledge, are all locked in. It's going to be an incredible event. Three rounds, three rounds, okay? Uh, so it's going to be uh, some of the more consumer electronics and Mac folks in a, in a round. Then it's going to be the more like PC hardware centric folks in a round. We're going to take the two winners and then I join the fray. So it's going to be uh, three and three. Uh, and then we take the two winners and then I go against them for the final round. So it's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be amazing. And this was one of the things that Chase you, was- you actually calling it that? Yeah, tech trivia answered in the form of a question. That's what the event's called. That's the title. We don't want to get sued. <laughs> oh my god! So I'm yeah. I'm absolutely jazzed. Okay. Uh, this is one of the things that Chase, who was supposed to plan LTX, but there was no LTX, um, came up with to have a job this year. And I'm <laughs> we're we're renting out like a studio that's got like a big video wall. So we're gonna have like the questions up on the wall, and we're gonna oh, have like goodness. virtual presence devices. So people's faces will be like on on iPads on like cutouts. I think all the cutouts are gonna be me though. So I'll just it'll just be like <laughs> me standing there, but with like Justine's face on it and stuff. It's gonna be great, guys. Very nice. It's gonna be great. Um, I've Someone's seen like. Yeah. T-T-I-A-F-O-A-Q. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've seen the first two rounds of questions. I went through them with James. He wanted to do a sanity check with me to make sure that this was like sort of the level of difficulty, the kinds of questions I had in mind. He and I know John, uh, our tech quickie writer, they did a great job. They like they're these are quality quality questions some of them are easy some of them are hard some of them are unexpected some of them are funny um i haven't seen round three obviously because i need to participate but going through rounds one and two i'm really excited to play i i just 
man, I just I'm looking forward to who I'm going to be up against. I uh, I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Justine because I don't know if you remember this, Luke, but when we did our editing challenge, PC versus Mac editing challenge with her, yeah. Uh, yeah. there were a lot of people that were like, oh, Justine, whatever. She doesn't actually know anything. She's just like blonde and takes selfies. Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> You guys got to remember, you guys got to remember, nobody, nobody who is at the top of this game is stupid. Whatever persona, I mean, I've talked about this when we've discussed, uh, you know, remember when PewDiePie was making his living sort of pretending to be scared and shrieking at the camera and people were like, oh, that guy's an idiot. And I was no. going, look, I don't watch the content. I don't enjoy the content. I don't, I don't care about the content, but don't kid yourself. Anyone who makes it to the top of the game at anything is no dummy. That's just not how that works. So uh, and she's been I'm killing for it forever, her. and that's that's been uh, proven time and time again to be a very extremely difficult thing to do. Yeah, to stay relevant for so long. That's is, right. Is, is a big try challenge. to think of any mainstream celebrity that's been relevant as long as Justine Azarek. Come come at me. There are a handful, sure. But they're going to be people like Beyonce. Like, they're yeah. legends. Yeah. Uh, all right. Chase says, first time catching the WAN show live. Also bought my first LTTstore.com merch. Hey, heck yeah. Thanks, nice. Chase. LTT Store is, man, it has been huge for us over the last year and a half. Like, the support you guys have shown has allowed us to reinvest into, like, way better. Pro man, we have some stuff coming that is going to blow your minds it's going to blow your minds ltt store has basically funded the verified actual gamer program like that's how that's how we bought all those gpus and cpus guys um man pretty sick uh vitor says cool collab idea biggest brazil uh, tech youtuber youtube tech creators lives in north vancouver Coisa de nerd nerd things and their two channels of 10 plus years are stored on loose drives on a shelf maybe collab I think I've actually encountered them before, but their content, even though tech, is very different from ours. And I just wasn't sure where the synergies were. Uh, right. Profits Business Guru says, damn, that sponsorship must have been pricey. Made Shadow Bank. Okay, that was not our fault. We're not cheap. And I won't apologize for that because the first time we did a sponsor deal with Shadow, they had a queue for their service for like four months. They were back ordered. <laughs> like the LTT effect is real. You got a good product. You advertise online as tech tips. You're going to win, son. So it ain't cheap, but I'm pretty sure we didn't single-handedly bankrupt them. Pasta says, love from Sweden. Any chance of more pink beanies? No. We said it was limited edition and we will never. That is my personal Linus tech tips guarantee to you. If we say that something is limited edition numbered, we will never make it again. I promise. Uh, Zero27 says, Linus, best girl. Thanks, Zero. Um, Trevor426, uh, my first super chat. I just wanted to share. I've been saving money since October to buy either a PS5 or a 5950X or an RTX 3090. How's that going for you? Thinking one of them would have been available by now. Now I can afford all of them, but none of them are available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Yikes. Um, Daniel says, thanks for the content payment for a refunded missing package that eventually arrived. Hey, thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it. 
Appreciate it. Love that. When people get great customer service from LTTstore.com and they feel obligated, yeah, maybe not obligated, but they feel like it was so good that they want to reimburse us. Thank you so much. Tristan says, take my money because merch ain't my style. Hey, come on. We've got stuff that's not just merch, okay? We got cable ties. You can cable tie your shiz. Don't you like to cable tie? This isn't our water bottles. I, I mean, I guess it's all merch because yeah. it's branded, but Don't like a water, water? bottles. Are- Oh, we got, man, we've got a new water bottle design that I'm pretty excited about. I've heard about this. Yeah, it's not there yet. And I'm actually pretty stoked too. The Reels Gazoos says, how much would you pay me to get the Linus meme face tattooed? Oh. Um, wow. You know what? I think that's on you. I'm not going to encourage anyone to make that decision. Adam West says, desk mat, desk mat update, please. Looking at the 1200 by 600. We have literally, I, I'm going to just give you guys the number because whatever. We have 40,000 units in order on order. Okay? 40,000 units. We are taking up as much of the capacity of the factory as we can. We will get them as soon as we can. There is nothing we can do to speed it up because... Like shipping is a nightmare worldwide right now. So even though we're order, it's it's like ordering RTX 3080s. Like yeah, we're ordering them. We'll get them when we get them, guys. Um, but it's it's not for lack of us trying. Okay, we are trying. We know you want them, guys. We sold through that first order so much faster than we expected. Trust me, it hurts me more than you that we have not had them to sell. Like. I could have I could have doubled the verified actual gamer program if we'd had mouse pads to sell all this time. <sighs> and on that note, thank you for tuning into the WAN show. Thank you for your super chats. Thank you for buying things at LTTstore.com. If you have yes. experience as a producer, uh, don't forget to apply for our channel super fun producer position. You'll find the links in the video description. We will see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Not same bad time. Oh, well, yeah, it'll be less bad. Same bad channel, though. (laughs) Bye. Oh, it does have sound. Luke, I lied, so I turned it down a bit. Okay, cool. I like them. Me too. uh, It's adorable. Other than the the, the issue. Yeah, yeah, we got to get that thing. Yeah. All right, we are off YouTube.